Welcome to Heart of the Enneagram. I'm Chris Copeland. And I'm Sandra Smith. And we invite you to take a courageous and loving look at what is. This episode, we explore type two. Learning how to receive from others when you are in need and to allow that part of you to, to be seen, I think has been so huge for me. Hello, Sandra. Chris, hi. How are you? I'm so great. I'm happy to be here at our alma mater. That's right. Wake Forest University here in Winston-Salem. It's great to be recording with you here. Yeah. I'm looking forward to uh, exploring the uh, contours of type two today. Right. Yeah. We have our guest, Anna Kirby, that we'll introduce in a moment. But first, we want to invite our listeners um, to get grounded so that we can take in the information uh, to a deeper level. So, if you will, to open all three brains present in the body, curious of mind, and open your heart so that we can take in this information about type two that can touch the inner type two in each of us. So, let's take a deep breath as we ground. An overview of the type two. The gifts of this type are many. This is a a positive outlook type. They're enthusiastic. They have a lot of high energy. They're friendly. Uh, They have a warmth. They feel approachable. They can read people well. They're very sensitive to others. Um, They're good at assessing others. They can see the potential in people. Uh, They know how to match people with tasks. Lots of good gifts here. The focus of attention of this Enneagram style is on others' needs, so much so that their own needs recede into the background as twos notice the likes and dislikes, the strengths of those important to them. So their focus is external as they move toward others for approval. The vice for two is pride. Now, this is a uh, pride that's a little different than what we normally understand pride to be. For, for type two and an Enneagram understanding, it's more like, um, I can help you, but I, I really don't need help. I've got this. Okay, so there's a kind of a lack of receptivity. You know, pride moves out and forward. So it can be a real barrier to receptivity. Um, the drive to be the nice one can repress two's needs. The habit of mind, as we call it, um, or the mental framework of this type, is on how do you see me? Do you approve of me? Do you appreciate me? And the reactivity for type two can come when there's a lack of appreciation or when twos, twos feel unneeded or useless. And of course, we know that worth isn't on the table here, that worth is not dependent on being useful or being needed. And that's part of the journey for this type. So let's hear more as we explore this with Anna. 
So uh, I want to say a, a word of welcome to you, Anna. Um, we uh, will introduce you to our, our listeners. Uh, Anna <coughs> Kirby is a, a licensed clinical social worker, and she serves as a psychotherapist and stress management consultant to patients at Duke Executive Health and the signature programs at Duke University Medical Center. And she's also in private practice as well. Um, Anna's lifelong passion is the human relationship and above all, the innate capacity that human beings have to move toward vitality in life. Anna lives in Durham, North Carolina, and she enjoys any of the following um, in whatever combination, family, (laughs) friends, food, music, conversations, movies, and hanging out near bodies of water. So, <laughs> so Anna, welcome to Heart of the Enneagram. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Uh, I want to begin by offering um, these words from the Tao Te Ching and, uh, and, and just listen for what, what resonates in you. Because you believe in yourself, there's no need to convince others. Because you are content with yourself, you don't need others' approval. Because you accept yourself, the whole world accepts you. So Anna, what in that, these words um, resonate with you? What's significant for you in that? Particularly as you understand yourself leading with type two. Um, I think that sounds like uh, bliss. <laughs> uh, just being able to um, relax into the essence of yourself without um, having sort of an internal barometer mm. of how it is you're in relation to what's outside of you. Does it ever monitor yourself in relation to you? Oh, yeah, more and more. Great. More and more, for sure. Um, and, uh, but it's, it's a work in progress. Yes. Always. Yes. What's the barometer like? Can you describe that? Oh, that's a great question. Um, it's, it, well, you know, recently this has really been a way of, um, thinking about myself and, and helping others too. There I go. Um, <laughs> uh, it's the water in which I swim. Mm-hmm. If I were a fish, you know, this is, uh, this is how I, my consciousness has been for my life, my, at least as much as I can remember of and, my life. And describe, just describe that consciousness. So for people who are listening, so they can get a sense of that. Um, that I am always sort of ultra sensitive to what I'm sensing about, especially about people mm-hmm. um, and the subtle cues of their responses, their body language. Um, and it, it depends on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Depends on how well I know someone mm. and what my role is. Um, I'm not. I'm not always like thinking about this, mm-hmm. but as I'm reflecting on it, right? Uh, I guess those are the, some of the things I've I've um, learned over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your attention is going outward. Um, 
toward toward others. Yeah. And and in particular, others' needs. Would you say that? I, sometimes, not always. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, earlier on in my life, in much more than now, um, and I certainly. I'm on the, I guess I'm sort of on the watch with myself more because I know more about myself. Right. Yeah. Are there cues that help you catch yourself when you're about to go toward another to help or give? And um, can you, can you help us by describing what that's like for you? Yes, I can. Um, So there's, I think at this part of my life, I am very conscious of, my motivations, right? Like I just generally or at my essence, I do enjoy interacting with others. Yes. I don't know if helping is always what is at the heart of it anymore. But today, for instance, I was in my clinic and um, just found myself kind of putting my arm around somebody. It was very mutual. Mm -hmm. And there's a part of me that goes, what am I doing here? Um, and sometimes that gets on my nerves a little bit because <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I, I want to get to a place now that was helpful, but now I feel, I feel like I can trust myself a little more that, yeah, I'm not always doing the two thing that's unhealthy. So, yeah. so I want to play that out a little bit. So you yeah. put your arm around someone and you said, what am I doing? Say, what, what, explain that. Like, what, what does that mean? Like, it, um, what are you trying to catch yourself in? Which is, I think what I heard you say. Am I, what am I offering here? Am I, um, what impulse am I following in myself? Mm-hmm. Is it um, because I, I sincerely really care about this person in that moment that was spontaneous? Right. Or was there something I was um, um, feeling like I had to do in order to maintain that relationship mm. or to be helpful to her mm-hmm. this particular person is having a troubling time in their life so right I, I guess that's why I was a little more conscious of it and there is of course genuinely caring for another and this actually sounds like it was just a real genuine kindness on your part toward this person and twos you you have this innate ability to know when someone's hurting, perhaps. You just read cues of others really well. And so they are the genuine givers of the Enneagram because mm-hmm. they are sensitive and read others so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the trick, of course, always is to m- move the, the observer inward so that mm-hmm. you can be <laughs> that kind to yourself as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very true. You know, we read in the material, Anna, that twos, especially young twos, um, can work uh, an agenda to get another's approval or to be needed. 
Mm-hmm. And I hear that you're not doing that so much these days, but but can you remember a time or at least describe what that's like mm-hmm. so that we get a, a clue about that? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because all of us, we think we're helping people, uh, but we don't we don't have the read on people that that twos do, mm-hmm. nor maybe the agenda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what was that like or what is that like? Um, I, I, I remember times maybe in my, you know, early 20s when I would find myself volunteering to um, help someone in some way like going to a, uh, you know, I remember someone I really wanted to be friends with and they needed someone to paint their closet doors. And so I was like, oh, I'll do it. I'll do it. Never had any experience painting. (laughs) Um, Didn't really know a lot, but I, you know, again, this was unconscious. Mm -hmm. This was just this thing that I thought would um, somehow endear me to this person. That's a great yeah. example because it really is. How how can I help? And twos volunteer readily. Yeah, I screwed that up. By the way, <laughs> let me say I I did a terrible job <laughs> on the painting, oh. and I was miserable the entire time I was doing it. Um, and so I ended up. Now, now we are still good friends, actually, but um, it, I remember like thinking, why did I say yes to this? This is not even something I know how to do well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure someone else could have right. offered that. Why am I doing this? Is this mine to do? And what do I want? You yeah. Know, those questions. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Sometimes yeah. I'll say to um people who lead with two when they have an impulse to help mm-hmm. to pause and mm-hmm. say, why am I helping? What, what do I, why, why am I help? What is this about? What's, where's this coming from? Mm-hmm. Did you find, have you found that to be helpful <laughs> to use a word? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, absolutely. Yes. Um, I, I, I now find I'm in a time of light, like the last two years, I've probably pulled back way, way more from offering up myself in various circumstances, um, probably to the other direction now Mm. where I'm, I'm really, um, protective and I'm still navigating that. Like, how do I besides my work and my parenting and being in relationship with friends, like are there other places to get, get back in there or not mm-hmm. or how? Mm-hmm. So yes, I guess that's the long answer. Um, but I, so I'm, I'm, I'm searching for the middle ground mm-hmm. with that question now. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I know in working with uh, organizations and corporations, when I work with type two, I'm oftentimes um, inviting them to leave meetings early before mm. before the work is distributed. So they don't say the first yes because they can train a team or a staff to sit back because they know if they wait long enough, the two will come forward and say yes. Mm. So just mm-hmm. leave the meeting. <laughs> leave the meeting early. <laughs> It seems to work for some. It does. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. a great idea. I like that. It is. And to not stay around and clean up, 
right? That's the one. That's the yeah. one I, I encourage the twos to just leave. Let others put oh, things away. Let others. So others hard. Clean up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That definitely like, like oh this pang of like, oh my gosh, I'm not being helpful enough, leaving whomever with this job. That can still be there for sure. How are you working to know your own needs? Mm-hmm. And, and I hear that you're pulling back more and, and saying no more or not putting yourself in situations where you're overhelping. But how, do, how are you coming to understand what your own needs are when they arise? Um, I, I think the tuning, tuning into my body has mm-hmm. been Great. tremendously helpful to me. And it's been something I've had to... to relearn. I think I, I'm a singer and mm. uh, a lot of singing is very much about your body, but I then became a therapist and that I got into my head a lot. Mm. Um, so being, learning how to um, come right back down, really get in touch with the physical sensation and to really let that guide me and what I need, um, even the small ways, like taking a break mm-hmm. or getting up from a meeting, um, or being in a you know being in a training and needing to stand at the back of the room. Um, those are small, or even in a conversation with some. These are that's harder, right? But I'm um, trying to get back down here. In your body. In my body. Mm -hmm. And then doing the things I love to do. Mm -hmm. And kind of learning to revel in that again. Mm -hmm. Being okay with that. Mm -hmm. Making time for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, just loving nail polish or something like that. (laughs) Just really having that energy energy around something yeah right thank you and in your um current roles relationships work family um what are some of the gifts of the type two that show up uh that you recognize and show up in those relationships and work i'll think about work first i I definitely tap into my ability to sense others. Mm -hmm. You know, I see clients every day and it's extremely important for me in a short period of time to be able to get a sense of um, what's going to be most useful for this person. Mm -hmm. And um, my two abilities really help with that sure and i can i i can get a pretty good connection with people um not every time but a lot of the time um and that that helps Mm -hmm. to you know do make the best intervention or help them walk away with something i've been told and i feel that Mm -hmm. i feel that too Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. Um, it, go ahead. I was going to say, just how does that, um, 
when you're with people and you have a sense of them, right? Can you describe that? How that, um, the word that comes up to me is works, but you know, <laughs> this is coming from a four who I don't quite get it. So I, <laughs> it's that barometer. Thing, yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, it's hard to describe. It's, um, you know, if, if someone is sitting with me and I feel like we're getting in a flow with each other, then I, it's, it's like a, it's an energy. It's an energy I get Mm -hmm. from them. Mm -hmm. And they, the, the behaviors that happen because of that is more engagement, more conversation, um, more clarity about what is needed. Um, and also I can get a sense sometimes if, if people are feeling some resistance about the process right. and, um, it, it's, it's, it's an energetic sense. Mm that's very hard to put into words. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you're a part of the heart triad, the two, yeah. three, four heart triad. And that first intelligence is the heart to know through mood and tone and feeling. And you're really articulating that you get a feeling there's an energy. There is. Yeah. And, um, sometimes I will also get a sense of something from the person that, is troubling them and it will I'll get a cue of something I should ask about Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how that happens but it does over and over again yeah um that's kind of (laughs) cool that's amazing it's quite a gift for someone in your role a therapist It, it has been very helpful yeah very um useful indeed um, sometimes it happens in hindsight, not in the moment, mm-hmm. which can be challenging because I only see the bulk of my clients now just for a one consultation. Right. Yeah. But, but, uh, um, still it's, uh, kind of the favorite part of my job. <laughs> <laughs> well, and to have a friend who reads another so well, you know, there's just a lot of social grace there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel that. I feel mm-hmm. that for sure. Yeah, um, I um, I definitely have wonderful friends, and I I've I, I now in my life am very intentional about being with others who are reciprocating, and we share those kinds of nice. gifts together. Mm-hmm. So there's a flow of of giving and receiving. Yes, a nice balance. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Good for you. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have that, when twos talk about that, it it really indicates maybe a lessening of pr- a pride's control on life, you mm. know? I uh, hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I don't know if the description I gave of pride in the opening um, is one that resonates with you, but could you could you flesh that out a little bit mm-hmm. for us and help us help us understand? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, absolutely. That was, I think, very well described. Um, It is particularly hard to be on the side of um, the vulnerability of needing. And 
the impulse to say, I know what is needed because I know I can head that off at the pass um, still comes up. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, for each type, something feels like death, you know. Mm-hmm. Like for the three, it's non-doing. Oh, my gosh, who am I if I'm not doing? Or for one, it's making a mistake. And for type two, it's having a need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and having learning how to receive from others when you are in need and to allow that part of you to to be seen i think it has been so huge for me mm. in my mm. life mm. and what, to what's vulnerable about that allowing others to see your need and asking receiving that help um i so i have this idea that um it's not i don't think it's accurate but that the need is consuming and it will people will see how huge it is and that will be the end of it which is not proven to be true well what yeah. that will be the end of what oh the relationship ah mm-hmm. so if the need is revealed the other will see that it's so massive. That yeah, can't you see me now? I'm like, oh, I'm saying this in a microphone out loud. <laughs> <laughs> People are going to hear this. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I heard you say that hasn't come to fruition. It has not. Uh-huh. No. So you have evidence to counter at least that narrative? <laughs> I do. And in fact, um, (laughs) I've learned that um, I people, you know, just like I'm very curious about other people, people, most people want to know something about other people. They really they want to know something more than, oh, you're just a nice person. Mm -hmm. They want to know something about who what makes you you. So as I've gained um some courage as I take a deep, some courage in doing that, kind of going out on a limb. I, the response has been pretty good. Mm. I mean, not every time, but sure. Yeah. Well, and and I think um, my sense is is that you there is some joy in being able to give to another, uh, and you know. It, as your friend, Anna, I want to have the joy of giving to you, right? So there's mm-hmm. a way in which um, that, that balance and reciprocity is this, I, I get to have that same gift. But if you don't receive from me, then I don't get, mm-hmm. I don't get to do that. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I have our mentor, David Daniel's voice in my head saying, when, when done from the heart, Giving and receiving are the same act. Mm. Yes. He would always come up with these little gems. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, Anne, at this point in your life and given your, your growth and work with type two, where do you think your invitation is to grow now? Mm, um, I, you know, I set an intention this year. (laughs) It's kind of funny of, um, it's going to sound sort of flippant of, of not caring as much. Mm. 
And I don't mean that, like, of course I care. But I, maybe it's a shift in attention of really offering my heart to the things that matter, but um, allowing the freedom to disengage where it's okay to. Right. And that others, you know, I, there are lots of people in the world who can do things and right. not feeling the weight. Right. Yeah. And as you said before, just more time for you. Yeah. So you can do what you want. Yes. It's, it's like, as another two said, how do you include yourself in your own heart? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. So I, last year, <laughs> discovered this, um, uh, this psychologist who, I believe she works out of Washington, D.C. Her name is Tara Brock. Oh, yeah, Buddhist. Yes. Mm-hmm. And she, I think, just speaks so eloquently about turning towards yourself with compassion and um, just tuning into her and learning about that. Still working on it. Good, good for you. Good for you. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for this time. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah. So as we close, we have some questions for the deeper dive for our listeners uh, and all of us with that inner type too. How does a focus on others' needs shape your life? How might receiving support you in loving more fully? And what is your own brand of approval seeking and what prompts this in you? Who are you aside from being supportive and helpful? And if you didn't need another's approval, how would your behavior change? With heartfelt gratitude, I'm Sandra. And I'm Chris. And we invite you to continue to look courageously and lovingly at what is. We want to thank all who've made this podcast a reality, including Wake Forest University School of Divinity for their financial and institutional support. For Sally Ann Morris, who composed our theme music, and for Toby Becker, who provided graphic design. Thanks to Eric Merle for his editing expertise, to Tom and Lynn Berner, who provided recording space, and to the narrative Enneagram and our mentors, Helen Palmer and Dr. David Daniels, its founders, and special thanks to all of our guests. We offer this podcast as a free resource for personal and spiritual growth. And in order to continue this work, we need your support. Please visit our website, heartoftheenneagram.com, to make a contribution and to purchase our companion book. In the days that lie ahead, may your mind be curious, your heart courageous, and your presence compassionate.